Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Haley. Welcome to Mountain Mysteries, Tales from Appalachia. Welcome, Welcome back. back. Oh, whoa, together. We were doing that together wow. in unison. We we're never the do that. Same person. That's so sweet. Wow. We have sort of melded into we, one. We have. My hair is probably starting to turn red as mm, we speak. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, but no. we're both fair. We are. Hate the sun. Hate the sun. Hate the woods. You know, on a weird note, it is August the 10th today. Yeah. Are you back working? No. Um, I shouldn't go, you be no next oh, week oh, um we start <laughs> we start next monday for teacher work days um so me forcing you to go back to yeah. work because i have been at work, You've the been whole at work. Time. so we start teacher work days on august 14th okay so you is, got four days yeah so i'm soaking it in um Did i'm you, excited good to go back um i've missed the kids um hmm. I would never thought I'd say that, but I miss yeah. them. Um, they are little terrors, but they're my little terrors. Bless it. Um, and I love them. But it's it's going to be weird because I think there's been a lot of like, which is in every system, like there's been a lot of changes over the summer. Yeah. Like a lot of staffing changes. Like I know there's several people who've left like just for different reasons. Right. Um, either getting out of education or moving or retiring or you know, just changing schools or positions within the school. So it's every time I see somebody from work, like out in the wild, like I get a new (laughs) piece of information. That work would be the wild. Like I ran into somebody the other day and he's like, oh yeah, I'm taking this guy's position and they're going to go work, like be a gym coach, like be the gym teacher. And I'm like, really? Didn't know that. Um, so it's just so a lot are, of Are you shifting. telling me that you're now superintendent of schools? I am now the superintendent. Wow. That's really impressive. You've no, really I'm moved up in the world. I'm just thrilled to have a job <laughs> currently. Um, well, did you vacate the summer? You did, right? I did. Um, I was in Washington, D.C. for a few days working with um, a partner church that we have up there. Um, we did a little block party event awesome. um, with them in the community. And it was really, really fun. It was really hot. Um but got to meet, um, they have a new pastor, um, and she's amazing. And it's just kind of right after the big announcement from the Southern Baptist Convention that they were not allowing women in leadership positions anymore. That's not cool. Um, and would be like dismembering, not dismembering, like That's dis, a... like, right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dispersing. Dispersing. Like, D- yeah. Yeah. Um, disbanding. Yeah, it's not of. the word I want to either. Dissing women. Dissing women is what they were doing. Yeah. Um, so it was very exciting to be there and like around another group that was excited to have women in leadership. Um, so that was really cool. Does this mean that you're not allowed to be a deacon? Anymore? We're not part of the Southern Baptist okay, Convention, good. so I'm still a deacon. Um, I think I have a year left and then... A new, a new deacon, a new deacon well, gets voted on in my yeah. place. Um, so I will have served my time. Hello, my name is Holly. I'm a new deacon. I get out. Um, <laughs> no, but we went to um, the Isle of Palms. Yes, for like a family vacay, which was 
very fun. Um, Did anybody die? Because usually when you go on vacation, somebody, like no. Um, I got very intoxicated on the beach. We'll say that. Did I did get a drunk text? You from did. You. I did text you, and it was bad times for me. Um, but I recovered, and it was fine. Were you alone? Uh, no, no. I think no, I no. asked you that in the oh, text. No, I was with people. Yeah, um, I can look it up. I did not go into the ocean intoxicated. <laughs> I was responsible. <laughs> Good. Um, dug a hole and puked in the hole. Um, covered it. Like a dog? Like a dog. <laughs> like a cat? <laughs> it was bad. Oh it was so bad. Um, but I held it together really well until right there at the end, um, which is usually how it goes. But the coolest thing about this trip was I saw a shark. Um, I was walking along. Were you drunk when you saw no, it? No, no, no. Okay, I was sober okay, when I saw to, the shark. Just to no. clarify. I was walking looking for seashells because I love shelling. Um, at the beach and I was walking along and it was kind of in a little area it's like a tide pool type area where there's mm. several sandbars out there and it gets a little deeper right at the shoreline for some right. reason um, so I was about probably calf deep in right. there walking around and there's all kinds of little fish and whatever that swim through um, and a couple days later my brother and I saw some stingrays which was really neat mm-hmm. but I looked and I'm like dang that's a big fish and so I'm just standing there in the water, and I'm like, man, that is a, what kind of fish is that? That is a large fish. And you hear, do-do, <laughs> And it came right up to me, oh, and I looked at it. It was maybe 18 inches, so like, it, it was wasn't. Like a baby it was shark. a baby shark. But baby shark, do-do, 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 can still hurt you, you, yeah. you, you, you. So I'm looking at it, and it's going along the edge, and so I'm just following it, like walking behind it. Jeez. Hey, because, well, I love sharks. I think they're so freaking there's cool. There's a baby shark. There's a mama shark. Usually not. <laughs> but um, I was looking at it and I was like, man, this is so cool. And I could like watch, see, it had like a black um, tip on the fin. Um, and it just was really neat watching it. All of a sudden, this thing turns and slams into my ankle. So I got booped by the shark. I think it was trying to bite me, but it was too small. Um, I mean, even if it had bitten me, it would have. I, it been like a scratch on my ankle, but it did. It turned around and hit me so fast. Probably and like she didn't bounced. need to be stalking it. <laughs> it. I kicked it. Like I fully kicked my foot and that thing flew out of the water and landed back in the water and swam away. And then my brother and my mom saw it the next day. Okay. Just in the same area. Okay. Drunk on the beach, drunk texting me, chasing sharks. <laughs> For the this love of God, how, go back to work. That way, vacation. <laughs> and you're worried about going back to work? Jeez. Um, and I just want to clarify, on July 14th at 6.11 p.m., I got this text that says, I'm drunk on the beach. I'm struggling. Mm. My reply, are you alone? She says, nah, with fam <laughs> and a friend. I'm not going to say the name. And I said, well, that's good. Uh, what are you struggling with? And you said, Trying to not appear to be drunk. Mm. And I said, drink tons of water, chew some gum, and be quiet. (laughs) And you said, for sure. It's a bad time, but also good. What do you say to that? I I just said, well, good. Glad to hear it. Yep. (laughs) That was our conversation. That was weird. Yeah. So during all of this point, at one point, I knew I was drunk, and it happened so fast. 
and I walked back because I can't pee in the ocean mm, like a normal I person. I can't do it. So I walked back to our house that we were staying at, peed, turned around, walked back. And that's not a short walk. No, walked back to the beach. Don't know how I did either of them. Got out there and the mistake I made, I laid down. Mm. And then when I went to sit up, I was like, oh no, oh no, no, no. At that point, only my brother and my friend knew I was drunk. I guess your mom found out. She did and she... She was mad. She wasn't mad. She was just like, oh my God. And she's like, I'm leaving you here. Like, she left me with my brother. She's like, do you have her? And he's like, I got her. Well, you know. I'm ready to go back to work. Um, (laughs) Sober and ready to go. Sober and ready to go. Back to work. Drink responsibly. I was not driving. I was in walking distance from where I was going. I had many people around me um drunk on the beach sounds like a country song just waiting does. to happen it does um i had responsible people around me that were not drinking that could help me um yes. ambulate yes so just drink responsibly don't drink underage don't drink and drive don't drink around your family don't drink around your mom. I mean, yeah. if you want to, fine. And she wasn't thrilled, but like, yeah, what could you know, you do? we you kind of just laughed happened. it off. And <laughs> she daily. was like, well, now you have to pack because it was our last night there. So now you get to pack drunk. That's on you. And I was like, you right. And, you're right. and if you feel bad tomorrow, that's also that's on also you. On you. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah, that's a that's a mom yeah. thing for sure. All right. Okay. Tell me about <laughs> your story. Okay. So we're kind of digging up our roots here mm. and uh, we're headed back to the Appalachian Trail. What? It's been a while. Well, I love these stories, but I feel like I can never find like a new and good one. So I had seen this one before. I'd actually seen a photo <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I, at different times, I just wasn't really ready to tackle it. I hadn't actually read much about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I actually started reading it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a great story. So, you ready? I'm so ready. Here we go. Uh, it's April 23rd, 2013, in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. Okay. 66-year-old Geraldine Largay, known as Jerry to all of her friends and family, was planning a thousand-mile hike along the Appalachian Trail with her good friend, Jane Lee. See, this sounds familiar, but I don't think we've done this one. No, we haven't. We haven't. I, I searched our archives just How to make sure. crazy. We have not. Um, you and I wouldn't commit ten miles. <laughs> we would, maybe one. Maybe. 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 But i got to wear the good shoes. So I walk my dog on this, like, public greenway situation like a lot of towns have them yeah um and it's mm, maybe a mile maybe yeah and by the time i get done with that i'm like i need to rest man that was a i feel like i've accomplished something today exactly that was a journey exactly but you all have to know that in the area in which we live, it's not like it's a flat Oh, no, no. There's at greenway. least two major hills. <laughs> yes. Yes. My neighborhood is like... <sighs> yeah, up, down, up, down, up, down. Up, down, up, yeah. down. So, you know, it's not like... Like, I live on a ridge. It is straight up literally both ways. <laughs> yeah. 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 
just to clarify so you guys know it's not like you know we're that out of shape like you know it's just flat for miles no No, it is literally a very large like we live a places where they have to have the grade of the road yeah when it starts going up so here's what i think we'll commit to i don't know a tenth of a mile together i think i could probably push a half you're crazy all right well jane and jerry Mm -hmm. a thousand miles they were ready right Jane was a little bit more of an experienced hiker than Jerry, but you know, sixty-six. She's sixty-six. Yeah. So, Jerry was a retired military nurse from Tennessee. Oh, so badass. Yes, she's seeking adventure and wanted to push herself. You know, see what she was made of. Mm -hmm. You know, just because she's in her sixties doesn't mean she can't do this. She was physically in shape. Do it in my. I can't do it in my almost forties. So. Her husband of 42 years, George, planned to drive ahead of the ladies and would meet them at each, like, pre-designated stop where he would provide them with more supplies along with food, water, and then he would also take them to a motel to, like, get showered, have a good night's rest, and doors, you know. I would be George, period. Yeah. I would be like, yeah, 100%. Like, I will drive ahead of you. I will meet you at these stops. Yep. I'll do some exploring in the towns. Exactly. That would be really fun. Yeah. Maybe some gym mining. How can we get a. I wonder if there's like groups of hikers that need somebody to do this for them. But we've got to trust them because, again. But if we went together. Yeah. Like two. Mm hmm. And we got background checks. And we only got women. Only picked up women. Yes, yes. Full back. They had to have checks. their own hotel rooms. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We could totally do that. For sure. Okay. I'll get on that. All right. We got a plan. Yeah. All right. So, by June 30th, two months in, the duo had made it to New Hampshire, where Jane was notified, unfortunately, of a family emergency. Mm. So, at that point, Jane decided to just cut the hike short in order to travel home and be with her family. Okay. Jerry, however, felt invigorated by how far they had come, and she just wanted to keep going. So where did they start? They started in Harpers Ferry, West Virginia. And went up. And went up. So now they're in New Hampshire. So they're going all the way to where the trail ends in Maine. Okay. That's the goal. Um, Jerry was like, no, you know, I'm going to keep going, and this was a decision that would alter the course of her path. Mm. On her own, Jerry continued to hike the trail. Her trail name, and as we always talk Mm -hmm. about in these episodes, that everybody gets a trail name along. She named herself the Inchworm due to how slow she hiked versus some of those who were younger than her, which I thought was really sweet. That's cute. Jerry was very outgoing and gregarious and made lots of friends along the trail. Um, Little, however, did her family know that she was pretty directionally challenged (laughs) and often would get off the trail. So according to her friend Jane, who, you know, had traveled with her up until this point, uh, when Jerry would get off the trail, she would get a little flustered and nervous, sometimes even combative. So just like really angry because Jerry was very meticulous. She was a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. She didn't like to make mistakes. So this kind of got her flustered. But Jane was able to like get her back on the path. Like, it's okay. Calm down. We got this. Jane also stated that she was scared of the dark and didn't like being alone. Why would you continue this journey? Why would you continue? I guess because um, on this 
there were a lot of people on the trail. Like, you would pass a lot of people on the trail. And so maybe she thought, like, I'll set up camp with them. Or, you know, so I won't really be alone. And then I'll be meeting up with George every so often. So she also had a cell phone on her, you know. So Jerry was very determined and wanted to prove to herself and possibly others that she could make it alone. So no matter what, she was going to do this. She was slow but steady. And by July 21st, she had made it to Poplar Ridge on the western side of Maine. So, made it to Maine, yeah. Mm -hmm. She's about 200 miles from the end of the Appalachian Trail. So, this means that she had covered 800 miles in three months. Wow. It's pretty good for the inchworm. Yeah, that's crazy. Not too shabby. That's more than I could do in, you know, six years. Same. Uh, (laughs) So, Jerry decided to set up camp for the night. And as the morning sun rose on the 22nd of July, Jerry was ready to get going. She had befriended a lady named Dottie on the trail. Dottie Rust actually Mm. was her name. Um, And Dottie captured a photograph of Jerry, posed happily with a big smile, her socks pulled up high, wearing her large backpack. And this will be the post uh, that you see for Mm -hmm. this episode. Yep, I'm remembering this Uh case now. Yep. It was 6.30 in the morning when Jerry waved goodbye to her new friend Dottie and began her hike northward. By 11 a.m., Jerry had reached a rugged and difficult terrain that had her moving very slowly and carefully. At one point, Jerry moved off the trail, maybe to relieve herself, no one really knows, Um, and the thicket of fir fir trees and thick underbrush made it very, very difficult to determine where she was. Yeah. Um, She gathered her pack, but struggled to find her way back to the trail, um, just because she couldn't exactly see where it started. Yeah. Um, So it was that point that Jerry got lost. And according to Douglas Dolan, who was a volunteer um, along the trail, he said, and I quote, you step off the trail 20 or 50 feet, you turn around, it's very difficult to see where the trail was. He says, if you don't know which way the trail was, you could easily walk in circle for hours. So we knew she was directionally challenged, mm-hmm. um, and this seemed to be what happened. That so, would have been me. Me too. Oh my gosh. I'm the fear. Directions. And then the panic that sets in because of that, you know? That's why they say when you're lost, especially in the woods, like, just sit down. Just stay where you are. Mm-hmm. Like, if you are, like, not in danger, yeah, just stay where you're at. Yeah. Because more than likely, you haven't gone that far off. Yeah. When you're Maybe not you showing yell. up, you know... Yeah. Somewhat, you're more likely Wave to be flat. found. Yeah. Like, in that situation, just stay there. Exactly. Don't even move. <laughs> so, at this point, uh, Jerry needed your advice, but yeah. uh, Jerry pulls out her cell phone and wrote the following text message to her husband, George. She wrote, and I quote, In some trouble, got off the trail, go to BR, not sure what that means, now lost. She asked him to call the Appalachian Mountain Club to, quote, see if a trail mountaineer can help me somewhere north of Woods Road, XOX, end quote. Maybe go to bathroom, BR? Maybe. Bathroom? Got off the trail to go to bathroom. Yeah. 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 So this message was not able to send due to her location. Yeah. You know, again, we talked about thick brush, lots of trees. Wasn't able to get a signal. I mean, in most parts of Appalachia, like, there are 
when I drive from my home to work, there is a section where I don't have cell service. Yep. In my 15-minute commute, mm-hmm. I do not have cell phone service for a, probably a good three, four minutes. Well, and sometimes it depends on who you have. Like, yeah. if you have Verizon, do you have AT&T? I mean, I have found with different carriers, I get mm-hmm. better service well, or lack thereof. And sometimes it depends on the day. Like, yeah. sometimes I can drive through that a section storm. and I have service. Sometimes I drive through and it drops and... Like, I'll, because I usually call my mom on my way home from work just to check in and see how things are. Um, and I'll be driving and I'm like, oh, I'm about to go through this dead spot. I'll call you when I get back mm. into town. And yep, then sure. I'm gone. Yeah. So you've done that with me too. Yes. You're like, well, it's about to, <laughs> I'm about to and hit I knew. the spot. Yep. So at this point, Jerry. <laughs> made the pivotal decision to move to higher ground, hoping that she would be able to get a cell signal. Probably not. Yeah. She sent multiple texts to her husband that never went through, including one that read, quote, lost since yesterday, off the trail for three or four miles. Call police for what to do, please. where you are. Yeah. Because they're going to do a grid search. Yes, and an From aerial search. Where you, there, where you last were. Yes, yes, but she's not listening to you, Haley. Stay there. <laughs> Finally, by the night of the twenty-third, one day after she got off the trail, she set up camp, laying her tent atop sticks and pine needles, which was canopied by hemlocks that would obscure her view from any passerby's, including those in the air. Because it was so heavily covered, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to see her. No, I mean, this is not, these are not your typical woods. No. These are like, there's something sketch about the Appalachian wilderness. Go. So Jerry tied a, sorry. It's okay. Pick it up again. Keep going. Jerry tied a shiny silver blanket that looked like tinfoil between... Like emergency blankets? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She tied it between two trees in order to attract attention. She also attempted to set a tree on fire. Jerry's starting forest fires. Exactly. (laughs) Smokey the bear is Exactly. (laughs) Don't start forest fires. Only you can prevent wildfires. No. Um, But she wasn't able to actually set it on fire. So the mighty oak or the mighty fir was like, no thanks. No, I don't want to burn things. Yeah. Now, ironically, July 23rd was actually the day that Jerry was supposed to meet her husband on Route 27 in Wyman Township. Okay. um, But she never showed up. So... After a day or so of waiting, because George thought, uh, you know, she's the inchworm. Yeah, 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 it's all right. He figured something was wrong, so he actually reported her missing. Yeah. Um, He told investigators that he feared, and quote, Jerry got in over her head. Jerry's doctor was actually fearful that going days and weeks without her anxiety medication could cause her to have a panic attack, therefore, you know, making it even harder to find her. Multiple agencies and volunteers joined the hunt with searchers on foot, on horseback, in helicopters. She was less than a mile from the trail, close enough that searchers would probably have, like, passed her by and not even realized it. Yeah, yeah. Investigators questioned hikers who may have crossed paths with her, and they even tested DNA on, like, discarded band-aids and things that they thought, you know, could potentially... So she didn't move very far. No, she didn't. So she kind of did stay put. 
For the most part. Yes and no. Yeah. yeah. So did she go a mile off and then start going yes. up? Yes. Uh, so she was a mile away and then. Yes. And then, and then some. Continued up. Yeah. yeah. So she left that blanket. And, yeah. 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 So many calls and tips came in regarding sightings of Jerry, mm. but most were like fakes or hoaxes. That's which dumb. is horrible. So many were making claims that she had been murdered. Um, Not a far stretch. Well, that's right up our alley, right? Or that she may have been stuck in the treetops, or that she had been fallen, that she fell in a river, maybe she drowned. One person even claimed that Jerry had been spotted staying at a woman's shelter in Tennessee. Okay. I mean, that's a pretty far leap from from Maine, Maine, but okay. Yeah. Well, and I get. I mean, we've talked about this before with our other trail stories. These are not your typical woods. I mean, no. this is you can be searching for someone and they could be 10 feet in the distance and you wouldn't see them. Exactly. Like that, those kind of searches, if you're not like experienced or literally stepping on someone, mm-hmm. you may never find them. Exactly. I mean, just the kudzu alone. Oh, absolutely. Is insane. Yep. Like, I, yeah, there's no way. I mean, people often are like, well, how could somebody just step off the trail and be gone? And it's like, until you have been in the Appalachian wilderness. Exactly. You do not understand. But yes, you step like two feet off of a trail, gone. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened in her case. So, you know, as much as, you know, all these false witnesses came forward and oh i saw her and i saw this or that guess who else came forward dotty no psychics oh of course yep psychics called the police claiming to have had visions of her one psychic in particular stated that jerry was alive but had a broken ankle and was unable to walk which sounds plausible yeah i mean mean, good guess yeah Close. Um, so when police talked to fellow hikers, many of them stated that they had probably seen her on the trail, but none of them could, you know, be sure. Right. I mean, you passed so many people. Exactly. And some hikers reported seeing a questionable man with a person who looked like Jerry and feared that, you know, harm may have come to mm. her. Yeah. I'll be honest. Um, the latter does seem plausible since, yeah. you know, you and I are always skeptical about the woods anyway. Yeah. Like, you know, that would probably be something that we would lean towards. Yep. Um, police searched on the ground and in the air for Jerry, but by August 4th, search efforts were scaled back in order to focus on other crimes. Yeah. You know, at that point, it had been about two weeks. They hadn't been able to find her, so. Yeah, at that point, you're probably looking at a recovery. Right. Like, First not a rescue. rescue. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry's husband, children, and friends were beside themselves with grief and worry. Mm. They knew that Jerry wasn't an experienced hiker, and they hoped and prayed that she would be found alive. Jerry was alive. She had moved up high in the mountains and in the terrain in order to find cell service. Um, She was in this remote area, and it was actually an area where only the military would go. Yeah. There was a lot of, like, logging and stuff and, and... Pretty much where the military would go and train and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, we have a lot of bases. Not really bases, but like where I live, we're over a military flight path. Oh. Like we have very large military planes that fly over our 
neighborhood and literally it sometimes they're so low they'll shake the house oh my gosh it just wouldn't let you know they're crazy yeah Yeah. but they fly across um it's i mean it's pretty cool that is to stand out and watch them um but yeah they do a lot of training because the terrain is so weird out here so it's a good like we have low mountains but the visibility is wonky through mm. here so they do yeah. a lot of aerial training and other sort of trainings in the area that's neat so it's pretty i did cool. not know that mm-hmm. that is very cool well jerry had continued to unsuccessfully send text messages mm. um she also began writing in her black cover journal she wrote letters to her family and her daily observations and her writings began on the 23rd of july and went through august 10th wow she noted her lack of food and pinned uh, heartfelt messages to her husband and family. On the cover of her journal, she had written, George, please read XOXO. She even drew out a calendar in order to keep track of the days that passed. It's smart. Yeah. With a dwindling food supply and the cold moving in, Jerry's final note read, quote, When you find my body, please call my husband George and my daughter Carrie. It'll be the greatest kindness for them to know that I am dead and where you found me, no matter how many years from now. This last entry was dated August 18th. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, Doesn't that, like... I hate that. Hurt you in so many ways. And, like, Like, I knew how this story ends, but I was, like, (laughs) still... Yeah. Like, like, she's gonna make it. Jerry's husband and family did everything they could to find her, even Mm. hiking the trail themselves and searching for her after police had scaled back their investigation. They were never able to find her and constantly wondered what happened to her. Mm. Two years later, in October of 2015, a logging surveyor who had worked for the U.S. Navy had property that bordered the trail, Remember I told you how mm-hmm. this was the area where the military used? Yeah. The forester stumbled upon a camp, including a sleeping bag with bones. Mm. He quickly reported it to Lieutenant Kevin Adam, who questioned if the bones were animal, were they human? Having known of Jerry's disappearance off the trail, he also wondered if was it, it was Jerry. Jerry. Mm. Yeah. When Lieutenant Adam arrived at the site, his heart sank. Mm. He says, I quote, I saw a flattened tent with a green backpack outside of it and a human skull with what I believed to be in a sleeping bag around it. I was 99% certain that this was Jerry Largase. At the campsite, officials found a well-kept area with ample gear all around. They also discovered a blue and white bandana, birthday candles, lighters, a rosary, sewing kit, dental floss, and two water bottles, one of which still had water in it. Lieutenant Adams stated that the campsite was, quote, difficult to see unless you were right next to it. He explained that the tent was under several large trees whose branches obstructed the sky. The site was in a dense, was in dense woods near the border of the Navy and public properties. Mm. And Largay had built a bedding area out of small trees, pine needles, and possibly some dirt in an attempt um, to keep her tent out of any kind of water and, and eliminate moisture. Yeah. Lieutenant Adams went on to say that Jerry had tied a space blanket between two branches to provide some cover. Mm. That was one of the shiny blankets we were talking about. Um, there was also evidence of lost opportunities for Jerry to escape. 
Um, there had been an open canopy nearby where she could have been seen from the sky had she uh, had the tent not been, you know, up. Lieutenant Adams also found that trees that had been blackened by Jerry while attempting to set the fire. Um, yeah, and he explained that um, it created a fire within the had it created a fire within the brush, it would have been discovered. But because she did it more like on the tree, yeah. nothing, you know, was found. In the camp, they found the basics for hiking. Maps, a rain jacket, a space blanket, strings, Ziploc bags, flashlight that still worked, small human reminders, uh, a blue baseball cap, dental floss, you know, homemade necklace with white stone wrapped in a string. They also found her notebook, Moss Growing on It, that was titled, George, Please Read, XOXO. My yeah. heart is breaking. Right? And oh. there were entries that went on to explain, you know, how she had spent her days. Uh, wondering after a wrong turn across a stream and how she tried to find different ridges, how she tried to gain cell service. Um Finally, where she could find a place to find a sense of peace, mm. you know, so to speak. Jerry's husband, George, and other members of their family were alerted to the discovery after DNA testing, you know, had confirmed that it was in fact Jerry's mm. body. Her family visited that area of wilderness two weeks later and left a white wooden cross decorated with messages etched in black marker, one of which had been written by a child that said, quote, I wish you were here. Yeah. Oh. Right? Like, if that doesn't kill oh, you enough, right? A medical examiner ruled that Jerry had died to exposure from the mm -hmm. elements and possibly starvation. Yeah. So here's an interesting tidbit for you. Okay. Jerry's camp was less than two miles from the trail. If she had walked south, um, she would have been able to move past the dense brush and would have seen the trail clearly within 60 to 70 yards. Yeah. She, if she had walked an additional 25 minutes, she would have been discovered, um, she would have discovered a clear logging road that led to like a motel and civilization. Um, had she walked, you know, south another 30 minutes, like essentially she would have been found. That's insane. So it's kind of one of those things of like, this was like fate. Like yeah. it was meant to be. Yeah. Like this was how she was meant to go. Yeah. You know? Like had she meant to survive, she would have. Yeah. There was a lot of opportunity. There were. And so many times like had she stopped walking north and yeah. just walked south, um, she, she could have been discovered the whole time. Wow. So what little I know about survival in the woods i don't plan to have oh, to survive God, no. in the woods because i don't plan to I be in not. the woods Please um don't. is that you know stay where you are yes kind of thing unless you're you know you're in danger um or running from something it's just terrifying um oh, you know stay where you are um or if you're like lost lost um to find a like a like a river like a water source follow it and follow it because mm -hmm. it will eventually lead to some sort of civilization. Yeah. Um, you know, most towns are built on waterways yeah. because that's how we get fresh water. Um, and then you have access to fresh water. Yeah. And you are more likely to die of dehydration than starvation. Um, being close to a water source, you can eat, you know, wild plants, 
um, might find some fish. You know, you're just well, more likely to survive. And clearly, she had no issue with dehydration because she did have water. Right. There was still water left. Yeah, she was running out of food. Yeah, and probably just in not being experienced in the woods, didn't know you know what to eat. Granted, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know either. I just kind of take a guess and hope. I would for say, the best. oh, it's poisonous. Oh, she's dead. Yep, you I'd know. be like, well, I'll either go out by poisonous plant or starvation. So yeah, pick exactly. one. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that'd be kind of where I would. Sounds at. morbid. That's where I'd be. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds about right. But it sounds like she, you know, was at peace with, yeah. you know, like she'd and accepted what was, was going to happen. Yeah. 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 Um, they said there wow. was over 1,500 pages that she had written. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Wow. But, I mean, you're all alone. It's just you. Yeah. And you've got time to write. And, yeah. and in a way... How many people who, you know, die or are dying have the opportunity to get to truly tell their loved ones how much they love them? And in a way that, like, it's in her writing, you can't get rid of it. It yeah. wasn't like a, I remember when grandma told me. Yeah. It's, it's you know, there forever. And, and so you can look at it. And that's a, what a comfort mm-hmm. to the family. I mean, like, horrific and awful, but, like, at least, you know, they have this. That they know that she was thinking about them and she took the time to write these messages and, um, yeah. you know, they they know more than a lot of people do yeah. with situations like this. Um, but wow, yeah. Which I think in the end would give you comfort, but, you know, it also just makes you think of so many, like, at... at the point where Jane left, she could have mm-hmm. said, "You know what? Um, yeah, well, I did. I did all these miles. I'm good. Like, let's let's call it a day. Or I'll go, and we'll go when you can go again. Exactly. Like, like we'll you take know, a we'll break, just wait. and we'll it's come back deal. to this point. Yeah, and finish. Um, it just always shows me what's meant to happen would happen. Like, yeah, if you were meant to live." You would have lived if you, you know what I mean. I don't yeah. know. I just yeah. It's that's just you know. I I know we've talked a lot about like our beliefs or not like a lot, but you know, I am very much of the mindset that our lives and our what's going to happen to us is already set. Like there is a higher power, and in my belief system, you know, God that knows like my whole life's journey and it's gonna happen the way it's gonna happen i want to just go ahead and apologize for this piece of me in your life's journey so Listen. sorry about that <laughs> but god willed it so. god willed it so it's fine um no but like that is and that is something for me personally that gives me a lot of comfort mm-hmm. like when i go through really difficult things or you know bad things happen in my life you know it's this is all part of my journey and meant to be, and I'm supposed to learn something from it or grow from it in some weird way that I sometimes dislike. Um, but it is, that is a comfort for me. I very much believe that. I don't believe in fate. I don't believe in coincidence. I think that the things that happen to us are meant to be. Yeah. it's And have to happen so that something else can happen you know like that that saying like you know oh a door closes a window opens i do believe that's true in that you know 
you're maybe walking through a really hard path and, and through it, you're like, why, why am I going through this path? And what you don't see in that moment is something that you discover later. Yeah. Like I had to go through this so I could have that. Yeah. Um, and I've heard many people say that in their lives, like, yeah, it was the worst time in my life, but had I not gone through it, this opportunity never would have happened for me. Yeah. And I think there's times when like we look at people, especially in the work that we do that are just like in the throes of either, you know, maybe addiction or just really awful things and then lose that battle yeah. as well, where I'm like, how is this just, how is this what their life was meant to be? Yeah. Um, so that part I kind of struggle with sometimes of like, is that where our free will comes in? Is that, you know, I do think that's where God gives us choices. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> it does go to, you know, our paths in life that we make the choice. We yeah. make the choice that sort of solidifies what our end is or yeah. what happens or, you know, I mean, at any point. I I have been watching that show again. I survived. Mm-hmm. I've got to stop because it's scary. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. But so many times people have that, um, you know, that inner voice that yeah. says, ooh, maybe don't do that. Or maybe don't. But they're like, no, no, it's fine. Yeah. And then, you know. That gut so feeling is. I think we do have that intuition. We do have those choices. And sometimes we choose to ignore them. I mean, we do have the the beauty of choice. Yeah. And that's very nice. But it, it does play a part in the direction of our life. Yeah. So I think it sounds like that this was Jerry's journey. Maybe her destiny. Yeah. You know? So she she did get the adventure part. That's for sure. She did. And, and and I gotta say, she traveled eight hundred miles in three months. That's wild. That's huge. So she yeah. did accomplish way more than Haley and I'll ever do. Oh yeah. She did the thing. Yeah. She did it and she did it well. Yeah. So inchworm. And she- Got to leave beautiful messages for her family. Yeah. I mean, I hate that it ended the way it did. But it sounds like she maybe found some peace with it. Inchworm, this is for you. You did it. You did it. Mm. (sighs) Well, sorry for this sad story, y'all. Yeah, that's a bummer. It is. But I, it's one that we haven't told. We haven't. And I... I've seen this one too before, and it is always one that I'm like, I I can't I even just, start reading it. No, it, I'm for like, some I just reason don't I don't know why. Want to do this? And at this point, it just felt right. Yeah. And as I read it, I was like, I didn't realize it was yeah. so devastating. And, you know. I know. So um, anyway, if you want to let us know your trail stories. Let us know anything, really. Yeah. Uh, Haley will be the one to respond. So um, it'll, it will be. By email. <laughs> by, via email. That's right. I'm usually the social media mm-hmm. responder. Um, so please find us at mountainmysteries.appalachian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Mountain Mysteries Tales from Appalachia. Find us on Instagram at mountainmysteries.appalachia and Patreon, patreon.com slash mountainmysteries. How are you doing with that shout out? Well, I'm trying to find us a good one. They all kind of look like the ones we've said before. (laughs) Go to the tippy tippy bottom and see if... Well, I can't pronounce them. That's not good. Um, mm, Let's do... 
Street, Maryland. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Street, Maryland. Street, Maryland. Thank you, Street, Maryland. Yeah. It's odd that your town's named Street. And you say, which street do you live on in Street, Maryland? Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I live on Street. That is unique. Street, Maryland. Yeah. Feels repetitive. It does. I like it. Yeah, I don't... It's something. It's different. Yep. Good job, Maryland. Okay. Well, catch us next week when Haley talks about more things. Uh, Yep. We'll be here. (laughs) Have a good one. (laughs) Bye. Bye.